0: watching the football on Tuesday so that's one of my one of my several life controlling issues so um, so yeah all football fans are very welcome 745 at the granary and we'll record it and go back to my house if, if we're going to finish about nine we, that's not that's not because of avoiding a late night for football that's because we've got to get out of the building for health and safety reasons because there's no electricity or lighting and all the rest of it so so there we go good well, we're rambling through Ruth and we've reached, uh, we've reached chapter uh, 3. So we're going to read chapter 3 together. If you've got a Bible, you can look it up. The words may appear on the screen. Uh, thanks, by the way, for those who prayed, not this week, but last week. I wasn't here last Sunday because I was leading uh, a mission week in Dresden, East, um, East Germany. And we had a, a, a fabulous time, really, really good. And uh, we had a young lady at the end of the Sunday meeting um, come and say I've, I've got to know this Jesus which was really uh, fabulous because we, we didn't have any of our normal street evangelist people with us. We wandered around, we didn't even have many German speakers so we wandered around with literature in, uh, in German just praying around the streets and using the sort of visual clues of buildings and what was happening and people we saw to just pray and uh, had a f- fabulous, fabulous time including um, people for the first time get, getting words of encouragement for people in cafes and finding a German speaker and writing it on a serviette and then giving it to people and just stepping out of the boat a little. So it was great. Also, I ate my first wo- roast wild boar. It was like a scene from Asterix. I tell you, it was, it was great. So it took 11 hours to cook it, so that wasn't so great. For the people turning the handle, that was a bit... <laughs> Is it? We tried a machine, but the boar was so heavy, it, broke the st- it bent the steel pole that went through the boar. So, sorry, all vegetarians out there, I just want to apologize for a distasteful conversation. But it was very tasty. Very good. I recommend a wild boar. We won't be doing it again, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, Ruth. Stop gabbling. Ruth, chapter, chapter three. We've been following the story of uh, particularly Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. It's, it's a good mother-in-law story, this one and uh, they've gone they've run away to another country to to try and survive didn't work out they weren't really trusting God then they named their children pagan names but God has brought them back they've made decisions to uh, to come back to God and even Ruth who's who's from a pagan background says I want your God to be my God that's a great point to reach in your life when you know Christian people and you say well i I don't understand all this, but I want your God to be my God, because that's the way it's going to work. And that's what happened to Ruth, but they're back and they're poor, Uh, they're they're following the harvesters around, scrambling around, picking up the grain to make uh, ends meet. So let's read chapter three. One day Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you, or I must find rest for you where you will be well provided for she's thinking ahead thinking of a future of uh this young foreign single woman in that society uh now Boaz with whose women you have worked is a relative of ours tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor that means knocking the stuffing out of the barley to separate the grain from the stalks that's what winnowing is because I know we're a bunch of townies here so um just to explain what it was going on Uh, Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He'll tell you what to do. I know, strange to our ears, but we come to that bit later. I'll do whatever you... Just to say, those of you camping this coming week, that is not the policy, okay? I don't want any... (laughs) any feet uncovering i don't want any lying down under strange blokes feet nothing like that no hanky panky which what this wasn't by the way i will do whatever you say ruth answered what a lovely girl So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking, was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I'm your servant, Except it's dark I presume, he couldn't see who it was, I'm your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer, some translations say kinsman redeemer, of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid, I'll do for you all you ask." All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, No one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother in law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? She told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother in law empty handed. Then Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. So, Ruth's been working in the fields. She's been noticed by an older guy, but a good guy who's distantly related. And uh, we find that Naomi waits, and then the day comes. The day comes, I don't know how you find waiting. I, I, I must confess, I'm naturally impatient. I, I like things to happen. I'm the kind of person, when you hit a queue, I'd rather drive miles around the wrong long way just to keep moving, even though it's a longer journey, than stopping. I know it's stupid, but I'm just being honest with you. That, I'm not a naturally patient person. My wife will confirm that to you with sighs and groans words cannot express but naomi's been waiting waiting and now the right time has come you know the timing of god is important it was just one day but it was it it was something in 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 uh, naomi made her think this is the time this is it's threshing day today's the day Uh, sometimes you just feel something in in your heart i've got to do something i'm waiting i'm waiting and now comes now comes the time time is important Jesus said on various occasions now I'm not doing it my time isn't yet strange Jesus' own birth is it says when the time was fully come God sent his son there's a a perfect timing in God and uh, I, I've been thinking about waiting and how, how they, they had this long period of things going wrong. Then they made some decisions, came back, and then it was hard graft. They were scrabbling a living. And, but now the time comes, she said, I, th- I think the time for action is now. Now God's going to do something. It's today. I, 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 um, I want to I quote a quote by, uh, by Joel. My son Joel put on um, Facebook because I thought it was good, so I'm going to quote it about waiting because some of us here will be waiting we feel we've got promises from God but they haven't happened yet and and so we're in that time where the time hasn't quite happened yet but but we're believing God we're trusting we're maybe even struggling and he wrote this just uh, a couple of weeks ago Jonah spent three days and nights in a large fish waiting Moses had to wait for Pharaoh to let his people go an 11 day journey to the promised land, took 40 years. Joseph spent two years unfairly imprisoned. Daniel spent a night waiting in a lion's den. Noah waited proof of dry land, whilst Abraham and Sarah desired a child for many, many years. God used waiting to increase obedience, to work miracles, to improve attitudes, to deepen relationships, to demonstrate faithfulness. Waiting is not passive and requires an attitude of patience. Bethel sing, take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He is in the waiting. Great line, isn't it? He is in the waiting. Waiting is not wasting. In fact, it's important we don't focus so heavily on tomorrow that we overlook God's plan for today. Joyce Meyer writes, I end up spending much more time in my life waiting than I do receiving. So I decided to learn to enjoy the waiting time, not just the receiving time. We need to learn to enjoy where we are while we're on the way to where we're going. Good quote. She prays, Lord, I want your will in your timing. I do not want to be ahead of you, nor do I want to be behind you. Help me, Father, to wait patiently on you. Whatever you're waiting for, let's be encouraged that God is in the waiting. And be thankful that we can wait on him, not just for him. And that in doing so, our strength is renewed. Waiting is not wasting. Ruth's been waiting. Naomi's been waiting for, for years for things to turn out for the better. She went to a whole different country thinking things would be better. They weren't better. Now she's come back. But she's come back poor, without husbands in the family, no, no male guys. She's, she's waiting and waiting. But it's not wasting. It's not wasting. As Joyce May has said, I end up spending more time in my life waiting than receiving I've learned to enjoy the waiting time, not just the receiving time. We need to learn to enjoy where we are while we wait, while we're, while we're on the way to where we're going. While we're waiting for things, we wait on the Lord. Waiting's actually not wait, like waiting for a bus. Sort of. <sighs> waiting for a bus is awful. Waiting for God to do things is more like waiting on tables. It's, it's, a, it's a process, we're waiting on God, we're, we're active, we're saying, Lord, is it, is it now? Well, I'm going to worship you anyway. It's an active process, not just hanging about doing nothing, waiting for something to come along. It's an active process of waiting. And I'm sure there are people here waiting for God to do things, believing Him for things, trusting for Him for things. Maybe you've been doing that for five weeks, maybe five years, maybe 15 years, who knows? But while we do that, we're growing in our dependence on God growing in our relationship upon him waiting not just for him but on him so there's waiting in this passage there's also working and I I love this relationship between this older lady and this younger woman it's a It's a beautiful relationship between the mother-in-law and the daughter. So complimentary. We get in chapter 2, we looked last time at Ruth working hard all day long from evening, sorry, until evening, from early morning till late evening, working hard. And she gathers 20 litres of flour, which is enough for a week. She's a hard-working woman. And yet she's trusting God. It's possible to work hard, but do it trusting God. Do you see what I mean? Some of us think if we trust God, we don't have to do any work. (laughs) No, that's not right. Some of us work hard and forget to trust God. That's not right either. She's doing both. She's working hard. She's doing what, what like the Bible says, whatever whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. She's working hard. She's using the, the abilities, the doors that open, yet she's trusting God for more. She's working. In working in a restful way, working in in grace. Paul said once, I'm working harder than everyone else, but not me, but God's grace that's with me. She's working in that kind of way. The Bible tells us that there's even work prepared for us to do. I think that includes things for the kingdom, but I think it includes our our daily work as well. That Actually, God gives us work to do. So she's working, but also Naomi's working hard as well. Naomi's at home, keeping it all. She hasn't got the energy to work in the fields all day long, but she's at home working, cleaning, cooking, getting stuff ready for when when her daughter-in-law comes home. She's working hard, and she's working in her mind as well. And I'm sure in her prayers, thinking, is it time now, Lord? I haven't got a husband Ruth's not got a husband. What's the future for us, Lord? We need you to supply. There's no benefits, as speak, Pete spoke about earlier. There's no, there's no national benefits. She can't sign on. She can't get income support. She can't get any of, any of that kind of stuff. What's the future for my family? There's no children to inherit the land, which is a huge thing in the East, your your inheritance and passing the land on to your kids. What's the future, Lord? What are you going to do? Please provide, please. And then she comes to the conclusion, I'm praying for a husband. I'm praying for a husband, for, for, for Ruth, which was not an easy thing to do because she's a foreigner. Not only is she a foreigner, but she's a foreigner from a country which until very recently they were oppressed and at war with. And history matters. History affects your relationship to other nations. So she's a despised foreigner, if you like. She, she's, she's, she's one of these people that from over there who's come to our land. Ooh, Actually, the Bible's got tons of verses. That's a different subject. But tons of verses about welcoming strangers and foreigners. Absolutely stacks of them. Anyway. Leave that to one side. That's her situation. So she's, she's working hard in the home and everything, but she's working hard praying to the Lord. And then eventually she, she thinks, this is the time. So working is a good thing. Waiting is a good thing. And then the time comes and she says to Ruth, right, today's the day. Get changed, my girl. Off you go, get changed. That's, that's easily overlooked, but you know, different, different cultures dress differently. And, and they do in, in other I can't always see that. If you're not familiar with the culture, you can't always, you can't always spot it. But, but locals. Now, you know when you go to France and you go up and you speak your best French and they say, oh, from England. And they just know. In fact, they know even before you said anything. Even though you think you've dressed French, you haven't. There's something about it, even the way, you, the way you look. And it, that was like that for, for, for a Moabitess. And it seems like Ruth's made her a new shawl and he, he's bought her some perfume. And it's not just that she's come from one nation to another nation. She's come from one culture to a different culture. And, and, and everything is different. The way cultures think about things is different. And, and, and Ruth is helping her plunge into a new culture. It, those who go overseas doing mission work or church planting have to, have to dive into a new culture and learn a different way of, of thinking, sometimes dressing, sometimes addressing people. It's all, all different. How, how, you go abroad and you're a beginner. How do I say hello? I don't know how I say hello. You know, Do I hug? Do I shake hands? Do I kiss on both cheeks? Do I kiss on three cheeks? It all gets a bit confusing. And, and Ruth helping this girl be appropriate for her culture and part of this was hey you've got to you got to get out of your work clothes you've got to you got to be appropriate for this occasion she's helping her begin a courtship if you like in fact more than a courtship there's a whole change she's helping her forget her past and start a new life you know how it is when you become a christian you, you, you give your life to Jesus, that's one way of putting it. You ask God for forgiveness of all your sins, that's another way of putting it. You make Jesus your boss and your Lord, that's another way of putting it. But then, but then that's a whole new change of culture. God makes you new on the inside, but, but there's a lot of stuff to learn, isn't there? And, and all your ways of doing things belong to this other culture, the world. And you have to learn a new culture, living in the kingdom of God. and it it takes sort of time and just like Ruth we have to change just like in in the natural of life you have to embrace change some of us really don't like any change we we like to know where we are others of us are a bit yay change but it's like that spiritually as well when when we when we become a christian we we're, we're clothed with the righteousness of christ that's good that's a dumb deal as soon as you say god forgive me he cleanses you completely but but then the new testament talks of all sorts of changes in our life that god does over, over years he's still changing mine up in the christian ages see you and, and it's it's like it's just like ruth had to do it's changing clothes we won't go through it now but the book of Ephesians talks about this. It says things like, uses that picture of, like, okay, now I've become a Christian, I've got to take off this because it's inappropriate, and I've got to put on this. Ooh, that feels a bit funny. You ever done that? Oh, I'm not sure this fits me. Oh, I don't know. What do you think, darling? Oh, I know it's fine. It's fine. A bit tight at the back. Okay. And the Bible talks about things like this. It says, all that rotten way you used to speak, take that off and and put on speaking the truth in love. Oh, well, that'll take me the next few years. That's what, just one example. Take off rotten. In fact, the word Paul uses is the same word. It's putrid. It's, you remember that, that orange you forget in the fruit bowl at Christmas? And then you find it sometime in January, and it's all gone brown and then purple, and then it's got colorful spots on, and then it leaks into the fruit bowl. That's the word he uses. Some of us speak like that. Putrid. Good word, putrid, isn't it? I'll say it again. He says, take, take off that way of speaking and instead speak truth. Yeah, speak the truth, but do it lovingly. That's taking off. It's changing clothes, changing our culture. He does another one, he says, hey, stop nicking stuff. You used to steal stuff. Don't nick stuff. And in in, 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 instead of that, do some work and, and share things. That's a whole new way of thinking. That's a change of clothes he talks the same he's very blunt he says stop talking crudes, crudely rudely and crudely instead be thankful be thankful that it was male and female and, and change your clothes and then he says stop filling yourself up with booze and getting drunk uh, and fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit they're, they're really practical things he talks about about changing putting on new clothes in Christ leaving the past behind us so Ruth, to use this as a sort of picture language, isn't it? But she gives her this instruction. And, uh, and then she gives her these strange, this strange advice about laying down at people's feet. It's, sort of, it's a bit strange, I know, for us. But um, the thing is, this was the rule there. Different culture. The rule was if, if you, your husband died... And one of his brothers, one of his brothers, because you'd have no no one in to inherit the land, and the land was really important for them, that one of his brothers could then marry you so that you could have babies with him and those children would then inherit the land. Does that make sense? I said that clearly. So in other words, rather than your family line dying out, your some of you thinking about your brother-in-laws now don't don't go there but anyway that was the, that was the rule that was the rule if your husband died you would be childless there would be no one to inherit the land so a distant relative or a cousin or his brother a distant and it, it would then the closest then the next closest then the next closest. some parts of the world that this kind of thing still happens it's part of the part of the culture because having children is so important continuing the family continuing the story so that was that was the rule that she was saying well Boaz is a different relative um, why don't you go in the middle of the night lay down at his feet so it wasn't a sexual thing it was saying hey hey I'm your servant I could you do the job of the distant relative but it was a very brave and vulnerable thing to do you're making yourself very vulnerable it was basically like proposing a foreign girl single widow proposing I think would you marry me that's a a big deal it wasn't usually done that way around but Naomi's giving her careful moral instruction. But, but Ruth's got to be courageous, because she could have been ridiculed, couldn't she? Sometimes God leads us to vulnerable places. It could have been, who are you? You're a foreigner. could have been that. Could have been, what, what do you mean, that's my job? You're a woman, you shouldn't be proposing to me. Could have been, could have been that. She was very, very, very vulnerable in this, but she comes and, and she's asking. I don't know what you're asking God for. So there's a, there's a waiting in God, there's a working hard in God, there's being willing to change for God. And now she comes asking, she's asking Boaz, but Boaz is like a picture of Jesus. And she comes with this huge request here in verse 4 to 11. Cover me, spread the corner of your robe over me. It's, 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 there's nothing crude or or sexual going on here. What she's saying is, wh- when she says, "Will you cover me?", she's saying, "Will you take responsibility for me as as our nearest relative, as our as our guardian, as our as our redeemer, our rescuer?", She's making a huge request, isn't she? she she's saying to this older guy who's comfortably off with a good reputation will you more marry me a younger foreigner a, a, and give me the babies that will mean our, our land can be passed on that's a that's a very big request you know sometimes we're good at bringing small requests to the lord let's bring big ones as well big and little because he cares for us that's what the bible says he cares for you see our, our, our issue often isn't believing that god is big enough if he made everything he's clearly big enough it's believing that he cares enough that, that was her risk she, she knew Boaz had loads of money he was a rich guy she'd been threshing in his fields he's got workers he employs he's a wealthy man it's not it's not that he couldn't wasn't able to do it it's will he be willing to do it does he care enough to do it do you remember the disciples in this in the storm on the boat they asked the same question don't you care lord that's that's often in prayer the biggest thing god do you care and he does Hi, Julie. He wives, do you know it doesn't actually tell us we don't know seems like maybe not but we don't know doesn't doesn't say so Can you, could you have many wives? Could you? in the altar, so that's a big subject yeah there were people there were people that had several wives and and, but usually, when you look at what happened, it led to trouble. So it's, I would say it's, it's not what God said in the beginning. It seems to be a, allowed. Abraham had several wives. Other people had several wives. But it nearly always led to jealousy and difficulty. So, and again, that's not so relevant in the UK because it's illegal. But it's certainly relevant in many other countries. And what do you do if you get saved and you've got two wives and all of that? But that's the problem that, that we'll talk about in East Africa and not in Worcester good question but God does care and Boaz it turns out Boaz did care thanks Julie And so Boaz wakes up and it's, it's like you do wake up, I can remember when the kids were little you'd sometimes wake up and there'd be this little face right there saying you know telling you they've been sick or something and then you wake up and you turn over and there's <laughs> what's that what's going on because you're half asleep and that's what happened to Boaz he's, he's startled in the middle of the night because he's like what's that and there's this woman it's half dark who are you well it's it's Ruth I'm your servant put your garment over me in other words will you care for me Will you marry me? Will you protect me? Will you love me? Will you support me? And, and just using the parano again, you know, it, you, you can feel alone and vulnerable. You need to know that God is your protector, that God cares for you, that God covers you. Whatever, whatever your past, whatever your reputation, however foreign you feel, God is holding us. She's humble, and yet she's calling for a real relationship. And, and she's saying, Boaz, will you cover me? It's interesting. Obviously, we think of Jesus usually as covering our, covering our guilt. Because when we hear the gospel in our country, it's usually you've done wrong, you should feel guilty because you are guilty, then get, get Jesus and then you're forgiven. That's the way we think about it here. Other countries think of it quite differently. And in, in this country, what she's asking is for Boaz to cover her shame. She's come back from another country, and the family has been shamed. It's a community thing. It's what the community, what others think of her. We don't tend to think like that because we're mega individualistic. But other countries think like that. And what they think of her is something like this. Is God cursing this family? There's no men alive. That's a... That's not a Western question, but it's a question for many, many societies. Has God cursed them? After all, Naomi's husband's died, and, and Ruth's husband also died. Has, has, has someone put the evil eye on them? Does God, will, will they bring something evil back into our community even? And she's saying, will you cover that shame? And what Boaz was doing in marrying her was legitimizing her and, and saying, no, she's Okay. She's okay, there's no shame. And we don't think of it very often, but some of us carry not, not just guilt for our sins, but what do other people think of me because of the things I've been through? That's, that's real in our society, even if we're not so Eastern about it. You know, the Bible says he forgives all our sins and he cleanses us from all, all unrighteousness. So, so actually, Jesus... Does both he forgives all the things we feel guilty about but also all the things that others put on us this happened to you that happens to you you ought to feel bad about that you ought to feel about that you'll never amount to much all, all of that stuff that goes on in our hearts and sometimes our consciences he cleanses us from that he covers it and, and i know there'll be some of us here who know jesus have forgiven our sins but we think but others think badly of me it's true it's true, but you need to know that Jesus not only forgives you your individual sins, he cleanses you from unrighteousness. From all, sin is not just the things you do that are wrong, it's the stuff that is done to you that affects you. Does that make sense? The way others look at you or the way you think that they look at you, he cleanses you from all of that as well. And we'll see that in in the next chapter that Boaz marries her and covers all of that. You know, he not only does away with all that foreigner and cursed and childless and all the rest of it. He actually, in the sovereignty of God, becomes part of the lineage, the family line of Jesus, this woman. That's how far God takes away shame from us. It's a very real issue. And he deals with all her fears as well. Jesus can cope with all your fears. Imagine coming back to this country penniless and you're vulnerable because you're a woman in, in, in a very pa- patriarchal, male-orientated society. You've got tons of fears. How are we going to live? How are we going to survive? Who's going to protect us from victimization? And she puts her trust in Boaz, who's a, who's a picture of Jesus, our rescuer, our redeemer. He can save us from our fears, from our shame, as well as our sins. And and I love the fact just just finishing that that the thing that attracts Boaz most. I'm sure she was gorgeous, but the thing that he highlights was her character. I love that. I, I I just think it's great. He's thrilled because he's been thinking of Ruth, but probably thinks, well, this is impossible. She's quite a lot younger than me. I'm getting on a bit. She wouldn't really be interested in me anyway. So he's thrilled, but he's thrilled she hasn't young, run after younger guys. She's not been flirty. She's been a godly character. She's been a woman who takes advice, and, and the whole village is speaking well of her. I love that. Good, good character is extremely attractive. Extremely. I just throw that out there for anyone who's interested good character is attractive it's a great thing and and he says i'll do everything you ask i'll do everything you ask it's great isn't it and then she goes back home tells her mother-in-law everything and that must must have taken some time what i felt like what he said what she said the whole detail you know you know if it had been two blokes Ruth, who would be Bill, would come home and I'd say, How'd it go? And he'd say, All right. And I'd say, Good. (laughs) And we go to sleep. But because two ladies, they get all the details and it's all done properly. And she's got all the details. And then, and then Ruth, Ruth, very, uh, Naomi wisely says, Now, you just wait now. So it's back to waiting again. You just wait now. Something's happened. Something's happened because you brought this to your Redeemer something i don't know how it will work out but he's not going to rest you know when we pray we don't we can't always say something will happen quickly but we know this you you can just leave it there you can pray you can bring it to god He, he doesn't rest our god never slumbers he never sleeps he does things just at the right time and so the story continues and we'll look at how it goes next week but let's be people who learn to wait on god even when there's delays, just wait on God. Wait for the right time. Wait for His directions. And while we wait, let's be people who work. People who have good relationships, good character. And while we wait, let's listen for anything God wants to say to us about changing the way we are. Getting rid of the old stuff. Taking on the new. Let's, let's pray. I want to, um, if we bow our heads in prayer, I just want to pray particularly...